truly the privilege privilege of a lifetime. I think a lot of people go through life as not John C. Riley, and I would argue that that is the worst way to go through life uh, compared to being John C. Riley. So I just I don't know. That's one man's perspective, and I'd love to get your take. But I think personally, a life as John C. Riley is better lived than a life not as John C. Riley. I thought I saw a pussycat, but a pussycat I saw. I thought I saw a pussycat, but a pussycat I was. I thought I saw a pussycat, but a pussycat you were. Who's the pussycat? Justin, make that the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk Fantasy Football Podcast. This is a review of week five, which means we are on episode six. Here with me today is none other than Jack Robert Lettenmeyer. Jack, say hello to everyone. Hello. Very nice. How much? You know your friend's a great comedian when he does a really good Borat. It's rare to find. It's It's, rare to find. It's very rare to find. Uh, Yeah, one of a kind. So which you are, obviously. Or Christopher uh, Walken. Another great impression that's rare to find. Right. No one can do a Christopher Walken impression. So. Very... Christopher Walken. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you have Christopher Walken on, on your end, Jack? Or was... <laughs> I, I, I do I live just, in Hollywood, but no. That I was just my him. Christopher Walken impression. Christopher Walken. How Very nice. My wife. <laughs> by Christopher Walken Borat impression. Very much. How much? Um, I, I love it. I, I think that could be a show uh, in Hollywood. So um, maybe talk to our producer about that. Uh, maybe you venture off into your own podcast, a Christopher Walken Borat hybrid uh, speaker, and see if that takes off. But There's a niche audience there. There's... <laughs> Very niche. Uh, okay, so let's get right into the matchups. This week was not as exciting. There were no exciting finishes uh, for the for the Monday night game for this week as there have been in the previous few weeks. Uh, there was some potential there, but really they ended up amounting to nothing. Uh, Louis and Brian's matchup was still up in the air, but uh, Drew Brees took took the lead in the first half, so that was over pretty quickly, and then. Uh, and I had an outside shot at overtaking Kyle, but things went uh, pretty badly, uh, and just the game script kind of, I don't know, it was it was weird. It was a weird game, and it, it, Kamara and Lutz didn't really amount to much. We will get into that uh, as we when we talk about their matchup. But yeah, moral of the story is not as much excitement this Monday as there has been in previous, but there were still some good matchups. Uh, I want to start with... How we usually do, we'll, we'll talk about the first place person after five weeks, which is our father, Lieutenant Lou Lettenmeyer. He loses to drop to four and one, but he remains in first place. Drew took him down with a score of 16,060 to dad's 12,428. All of a sudden, Drew's team looks really good, which is why you don't overreact in fantasy football. Not two weeks ago. He, his team was looking awful, or you thought his team was awful. Maybe you still aren't sold on them, but all of a sudden he's, he's posted back-to-back 
over 16,000 point weeks. He's moved uh, to two and three, and things are looking up for him. Did you want to talk about his team? Uh, what you like, what you don't like? Are are you sold on them right now? Do you think it's a good team? Yeah, I mean, I you know I made my very uh, highly acclaimed apology to Drew last week. It got right. a lot of really positive feedback. I appreciate that <laughs> from everyone. I I do think Drew is a good team. I will say, man, another crazy performance from his team. This isn't going to be the norms for t- Drew's team. I think we can both agree on that. He's he's had some really solid production the last couple weeks. But I will say that things are certainly looking up for a few people in particular, and both of their names are Tom Brady and Sony Michelle, respectively. Um, weird way to phrase that. But the <laughs> Patriots are really trending in the right direction for Drew's fantasy output. Tom Brady getting his boy, Julian Edelman, back. 341 passing yards, three passing touchdowns. Sony Michelle with 98 rushing yards, a rushing touchdown, and 12 receiving yards. Those are two guys that are going to be really solid for Drew. And then you, he gets help from Odell Beckham Jr., who threw four and caught a touchdown. So those are guys who are going to be really solid. Well, Where I'll say I'm not convinced with Drew's team is still in that wide receiver three slot. And I know, you know, Corey Davis, I don't know. I have a different opinion about Corey Davis every week, and I have no idea if, when, how he's going to be a consistent fantasy producer, but another down week for Corey Davis. Golden Tate, there's just a lot of mouths to feed in that Lions offense, so I I have no idea between Tate, Galladay, and Jones. I mean, I guess Galladay has distanced himself as the top guy there, but Tate's still a viable option. I, I just, I don't know. Drew's team again, like I said, 16,000. It's a crazy week. For some reason, I'm just still not 100% convinced. I just don't know about the long-term feasibility of his team. So one thing we should mention uh, since we're on Drew's team is uh, he made a trade with Louie, and I wanted to get your opinion on that because uh, Drew didn't play him, but he's got Will Fuller on his bench, and he did play Chris Thompson, who got 920. Uh, who could be a nice flex option move, moving forward for him. Uh, he traded away Dalvin Cook. Uh, Louis is trying to buy low on Dalvin Cook, and Drew needed some help to get some wins right now. So do you like – what did you think about the trade when you saw it? Uh, do you like Will Fuller moving forward? I know he had a bad week, but he's looked pretty good so far this year. Does it help Drew, or do you think it hurts him in the long run? I – I like the trade for Drew. I think it was a good trade. I think Chris Thompson's a great value, and I think Will Fuller, even though uh, we'll we'll get we'll talk about a guy by the name of Kiki QT later on in the show. But even though Will Fuller's competing for receptions in that Houston offense, he's a touchdown machine, and I, I don't know. I I'm not high on Delvin Cook, so that's why I like the trade for Drew. I'm worried about Delvin Cook's injury. I'm worried about the Minnesota offense as a whole in terms of their running game. I know Latav- <clears throat> excuse me. I know Latavius Murray is bad, but he's been really bad in Dalvin Cook's absence. And even when Dalvin Cook's been in there, I know he's injury-ridden, but he hasn't looked incredible from my point of view. I, I just I think Chris Thompson and Will Fuller is an upgrade from Dalvin Cook because I don't believe in Dalvin Cook's fantasy feasibility or his ability to get fully healthy this year. But I think I'm being pessimistic towards Cook because of his injury last year and because of his lack of production this year. 
And that's fair. I, I like the trade from both sides. I think it helps Drew right now. Uh, Louis had, which is as crazy as it sounds, had too many startable players. Um, and he's, he's like I said, he's buying low on Dalvin Cook, and you're hoping that uh, he has been struggling with his hamstring injury, but you hope that he can get healthy, and by the time their bye week, they have a late bye week, I want to say it's like week 10 or something like that, but uh, yeah, Louis doesn't need him right now, theoretically, so the goal, I think, on Louis' end is you make it to the make it to the playoffs with the roster you have, and then by that time... Dalvin Cook has reemerged as a top-tier running back like we all thought he would be. And then all of a sudden, Louie has Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook for his two running backs for his playoff push. That's I think that's what Louie's looking at, so I think that's why he made the trade. Um, but yeah, definitely a good trade for... I think it's a good trade for both of them. And we yeah, I think it's a great example of, a, of just a solid trade for both teams. A, a trade that was based on each of the team's needs, and I totally agree with it from both of their perspectives. Now, you're asking me about what I think about Drew's team, blah, blah, blah. We talked about it. I look over at Dad's team, and even though he took the L this week, that's a team that I would much rather have than Drew's. Talk to me about Dad's team. I don't disagree with you. Uh, I I mean, I've, I feel like I've said a lot about Dad's team and how much I like it. It's, it's a solid team, and the question marks that were there seem to be disappearing for him. We know he's got a good quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. His wide receiving core is solid. Stefan Diggs, 1660. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, 1170. Keenan Allen, 1350. Keenan Allen hasn't blown up yet, but all three of those guys have a pretty high floor. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, kind of a down game, but he gets 1190. That's kind of his floor. And Philip Lindsay, uh, which is, he's been great. He got ejected in one of his games, but outside of that, he's gotten over 1,000 every week. He looks really good. Um... And, yeah, so, I mean, Dad... I want to ask you about one player that you haven't mentioned on Dad's team, because he's on the he's in Dad's flex spot, Tyler Boyd. He only gets 640 this week, four receptions for 44 yards. Uh, so not the best week, but last week you saw him get 15 targets. The week before that, seven. The week before that, nine. Tyler Boyd is a consistent factor in this Bengals offense. Where are you at? with Tyler Boyd. Do you think this 640 this week is more of what dad can expect or do you think Tyler Boyd is going to be a solid flex spot for dad rest of season? I think definitely the latter. Uh, I actually tried to trade for him. Uh, so uh, that kind of tells you where I am with Tyler Boyd. I like him, especially with Tyler Eifert out. Uh, I know they have Tyler Croft and uh, Yuzuma or whatever his name is that are the backup tight ends that could fill that role. But uh, yeah, he was coming on strong even before Eifert went down, was Tyler Boyd. And uh, I really, the Bengals offense looks great. Uh, Dalton looks great. Uh, the running game is great. And so and there's so definitely if you believe be, that, if you believe that, then dad's team is looking pretty dangerous. It, I, exactly, exactly. Like I'm saying, when we, when we first saw dad's team, it was kind of like, okay, there might be a running back two hole. There might be a flex hole. His tight end isn't looking great. Uh if O.J. Howard comes back and looks good, yeah, I mean, Dad's team is shaping up to be really dangerous. Because like you said, it felt like, to me, when it, like when, as, it, as the week was going on, it felt like Dad's team was having a horrible week. And like you said, he ended up with 12,400 in a down week. Um, 
so yeah, his team. I, I I would much I would rather have his team than Drew's, but uh, I think Dad's got one of the best teams right now. Um, yeah, and I, th- I think you agree with that, right? Definitely, except uh, Mason Crosby on Dad's team had <laughs> had a bit of a, a bit of a week. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> missed four field goals and 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 an extra point. So that was so uh, no, but painful. obviously kickers are trash. Doesn't matter for the quality of your team. So of course, yeah, Dad's team is is great, and I think hits his first loss of the year, and I can see why. His team is pretty solid from top to bottom, and even Alex Collins and Michael Crabtree on his bench are viable options that Dad could consider flipping or packaging together to try to upgrade that running back two slot if he's uh, looking to upgrade from Philip Lindsay. Otherwise. Otherwise, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do too much. And same for Drew. I think he's made some smart moves. I think he's in the position now to, to maybe flip some of that wide receiver or running back talent because he's got. He's. I don't know. I, I'm always an advocate for advocate for trades. So that's that'll be my advice nine times out of ten. That anytime you have excess, there's some demand for it. So right. try to flip it right. and upgrade. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's got a lot of running backs: Michelle, Yeldon, Thompson, Cohen. Uh, so. Before we move on to the next matchup, just I want like a real quick answer from you. I mean, it's kind of like a yes or no answer, but like Eric Ebron, is he for real? Like, obviously, he got a lot of garbage points in this game, but he was a top five tight end going into the week. He gets he puts up twenty seven hundred. Uh, is he for real? Or when Jack Doyle comes back, is does he go back down? Yeah, the only you, you just answered my caveat. He's for real. It's except. Jack Doyle, like, and it's, he's way better than Jack Doyle, so I hate to even say that, but it's just, it's like O.J. Howard, he's for real to me, but I'm still worried about him sharing that tight end load with, who oh, is, who sure. is it, who yeah, is it, Cameron Tampa Bay, Cameron Brait. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how for real Eric Ebron is, Do I, I think he's the far talented, far superior and more talented tight end on that team, but when Jack Doyle is healthy... He'll come back in and and steal some targets. I think Eric Ebron will have a, a big upside with the t- with the touchdown potential, but there will still be weeks. Eric Ebron is not all of a sudden never gonna you know score three hundred points in a week. He'll still have low weeks just because of the nature of his situation. Okay, uh, so let's move on to the next matchup. Both of those first two teams are looking good right now. Second matchup we're going to talk about is Louis versus Brian. Uh, Brian gets the W, moves up to 4 and 1. Great bounce back week for Brian. He puts up 14,162. Louis loses with 13,160. So, a uh, good week from Louis uh, and shot himself in the foot a bit. Uh, could have potentially gotten the victory if he had played all of his cards right. But either way, I mean, Louis moves to 2 and 3. But, I mean, I think hands down, he's got the best 2 and 3 team. Um, and yeah, like I said, thirteen thousand in a loss is good. Uh, did you want to talk about Louis's team or Brian's team? Let me talk about the champs team. Or no, you know what? Let me talk about Louis's team because you 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 and him flirt enough about it while you're talking at your the restaurant you own together. So let me talk about Louis's team since I, I don't have as much t- opportunity to chime in. All right, let me Here's, let me set you up. Let me set you up. Okay, please do. Because he just got rid of Chris Thompson and Will Fuller. And he's probably not going to be able to play Dalvin Cook confidently for quite a while. Uh, so, okay, so okay. When I look at Louis' team, I see Melvin Gordon and James White. 
And then that seems solid to me. Now, for his wide receivers, he's got Amari Cooper. He's got Tyler Lockett, Sterling Shepard. Obviously, Devontae Adams is great. What Do you like Louis wide receiving core, or does it make you – like, are you nervous for him uh, now that he got rid of Will Fuller? I'm – I'm nervous about Louis' wide receiving core, and let me say, regardless of whether or not he still has Will Fuller, and that's me. So Devontae Adams is locked and loaded. That's a stud. Yeah. Rest of yeah. season. And I totally agree with you that his running backs are in stellar shape. But I will say, before I get to the wide receiver question, Deion Lewis, his flex spot, I don't know who you play there. I don't know. Louis doesn't have a consistent flex. I Okay, well, I mean, well, hold on. What about Tyler Lockett? You, you could easily play... First of all, Tyler Lockett's been great every single week this year. And somehow, Austin Eckler has been amazing with the touches he's gotten. Yeah, very, very quietly. That's a fair point. Um, but he's not someone you want to play, you know? But I guess you, you can. <laughs> can can, can we just play both of them? That would be kind of crazy, but it seems yeah. like... Yeah, I mean... Anyways, I... I mean, what do you want me to say, Tommy? Amari Cooper is not good and never will be. Amari Cooper is bad. So okay. I, I that he scares me for Louie. Sterling Shepard, I know Louie just picked him up, um, so he's probably not seeing him as a long-term option, but I don't love being the number three option in a bad offense for Sterling Shepard. Tyler Lockett, I love. So you're you're right there, that I think Tyler Lockett has been huge this year. And I don't know, give me your take as the Doug Baldwin owner. It seems like Tyler Lockett isn't going to slow down. I mean, he's been stellar and Doug Baldwin will come back, I suppose. But I just, I don't see a reason why Tyler Lockett would not continue to be such a good option for Russ Wilson if he's, I don't know, he's just, he's slinging to him. Why stop now? I just, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think that Doug Baldwin might not be the top option there anymore. That uh, that's a bit of a hot take. Uh, I don't know if I would go that far. I think it's going to take some time for Doug Baldwin to work himself back into the offense. Clearly, Wilson and Lockett have a good thing going. Uh, there would be no reason to stop that. My concern with, I think, with both of them is the Seahawks and and P, and Pete Carroll seem to be very determined to just run the ball as much as they can. Uh, they just pounded the Rams with Mike Davis and Chris Carson and. Uh, I mean, Doug Baldwin was on the field. We're not supposed to be talking about Doug Baldwin, but he was on the field like 88% of the snaps and got one target. That is very concerning. But, yeah, Tyler Lockett didn't get that many targets, but three catches for 98 yards uh, and a touchdown, that's that's good enough. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely concerned for Doug Baldwin, and I, I think Tyler Lockett's going to be good. Uh, I don't know why he would stop being good. Uh, I think you're right. So, I mean, you don't like Amari Cooper, so maybe Louis benches him. Or tries to trade him, even if it's for the, on the cheap. I don't know if he wants to deal with the up and down of Amari Cooper. But then you got Devontae Adams, like you said, amazing. He got twenty four fifty this week against what was supposed to be a really tough matchup in Darius Slay, and he just torched him for nine catches on one hundred forty yards. Uh, so you get Devontae Adams, you get Tyler Lockett, and then Sterling Shepard. I think is a great wide receiver three for as long as Evan Ingram is out, and potentially even after Evan Ingram comes back. Uh, and then, how long uh, is Evan Ingram out for? It was a it was a grade two MCL sprain, uh, which would probably be I think they said two to four weeks. I would guess it would be closer to the four week range, um, just because the grade two sprain is pretty bad. And 
it takes at least usually at least a month to come back from that um well anyways blah 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 louis louis team is good i think i think we we can both agree that yeah. he's got i mean james white is just scary with with the opportunity he's getting in that offense. Yeah, what a break from had. Louis there. What a what break did he? I, I'm struggling to find it right now. He had a crazy amount of targets this week. 14 targets this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, crazy. just wild. Uh, but let's look, let's look at Brian's team because Brian's team was the victor this week. Louis' team scored 13,000 but still came up with an L. Tough break for Louis. But Brian was able to come through with a victory on Monday night. Drew Brees breaking every NFL record ever with um, all-time passing yards and touchdowns or whatever. Did, did he break them both in the game tonight? I don't know. I don't pay attention. Um, three <laughs> passing touchdowns, 363 passing yards. Huge game for him. And then the rest of Brian's team was a little... Some bright spots, some down spots. Tell me, tell me what you're thinking. So, like I said, it was a great bounce-back week for Brian. There's still some concerns... Uh, Adrian Peterson is one that jumps out 520 for him. He has been good, bad, good, bad in his five games. Um, and it, it just it's it's very apparent why it comes down to game script. And if Washington is in control of the game, they run the ball with Adrian Peterson and try and just run the game out and they get behind. They got behind big tonight and they used Chris Thompson more than they used Adrian Peterson. And Adrian Peterson, yeah, so I don't know. I guess you just, if you're Brian, he's your running back too. You just go with, he's going to be good some weeks, going to be bad some weeks. Um, Kenyon Drake puts up 2,100, which is great. But at the same time, it's good that he, he was very involved in the pass game, which was nice to see. He got seven catches for 69 yards and a touchdown. He still only got six carries. I think to Frank Gore's like, Frank Gore got around a dozen or something like that. So it's just... It's very strange that Adam Gase isn't using Kenyon Drake as much in the running game. That's concerning. But if they're using that much in the passing game, obviously you love to see the 2100 uh, after the horrible weeks that he had before that. Uh, Aaron Jones, only the 690. He's very clearly so much better than Jamal Williams. Mike McCarthy's so dumb. Let's just talk about... So Mike McCarthy... I read a tweet that in like... 60 rushing attempts or something like that. Jamal Williams has broken like one tackle. And Jeez. <laughs> in 28 rushing attempts, uh Aaron Jones has broken like 11 tackles. It's like um it's like the the Lions, Carryon Johnson versus LeGarrette Blunt. It's yeah. obvious who the better running back is. These coaches just don't I don't know. I I don't know what it is. Like why Everyone knows Aaron Jones is the better running back. Why is Jamal Williams still getting work? Yeah, it's crazy. And just to talk about how dumb Mike McCarthy is, you talked about Mason Crosby missing field goals. Mason Crosby had missed three field goals. And we're talking like chip shots. He had missed like a 30-something yarder or a 41-yarder. He had missed three field goals. And Mike McCarthy thinks it's a good call. It's like fourth and short. And you've got Aaron Rodgers, and you've got a Mason Crosby who's clearly struggling, and he attempts. It was either like a, it was like at it was least a fifty-three a, yarder, a I think. fifty-three yard field goal for a guy that had just missed three field goals. If you want to get a guy going, you give him a chip shot. You don't say, "Hey, you're struggling. Maybe your confidence is wavering. Go ahead and try and hit this fifty-three yarder real quick." I, I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't. 
believe when he I, I mean was anyone surprised when he missed it? I would have been shocked if he had made it after what he had shown. But anyway, Mike McCarthy, not a good coach, needs to get Aaron Jones the ball more. Um but yeah, I, I mean it's the same obvious uh holes. I mean I think even in a great week for Brian, it's still kind of uh, I mean, he's going to have Jordan Howard coming back off a of bye. He's going to have Allen Robinson coming back off a of bye. So maybe they come back, and, and if they can both be what we had hoped they would be at the beginning of the season, he could, we really could be pretty set. Uh, gets twelve hundred from twelve twenty from Austin Hooper. Uh, I think Austin Hooper. That, that was be a really... great play. That was a great play by Brian. Good pickup and and good play. The, you yeah. wanted you wanted any any piece of that Pittsburgh Atlanta game. And it was a smart play by Brian. I think, I mean, I'll say the big thing for me, Kenyon Drake, that that 2,100-point performance is a total mirage. Yeah. Kenyon Drake is not being used in that offense. He, like, the fact that Frank Orr is still matching him in touches and the lack of of targets that he's receiving in the passing game, it's just, uh, I mean, he, he got 11 targets this last week, like you said, but I just... I guess for he's not getting enough targets to make up for the fact that he's getting no carries. Like yeah, it's crazy. He the, where he was drafted and the and the running back one that he's supposed to be for Brian's team. That's a big hole there. So while I like Brian's team, the outlook look moving forward. He's four and one. I don't see his team as a four and one team unless he gets some some better help at the running back position. Yeah, and I, I don't know, maybe Drew Brees and his, his stellar wide receivers and Hopkins and, and Juju uh, will be enough to... I, I mean, I, I think Brian's, Brian's set to make the playoffs right now unless something catastrophic happens. Um, I mean, I think he and Dad are, are both in. Uh, as of right now, I don't see them dropping out. But um, yeah, you would if you're Brian, you would like to... Uh, you would like your team to be a little bit better for sure. There's some there's some definite holes, but what what can't be understated is uh, having Harrison Butker and Baltimore's defense. Uh, Harrison Butker 1500, and he's in an offense that seemingly almost always has the ball across midfield, like at any point in the game. Um, and then Baltimore's a defense that can get it done in any kind of matchup. So he's set there, and yeah, I mean his team. I like his team more than I like my team right now and more than I like a few other teams. So uh, quite a few other teams, I should say. And again, I think, I mean, the first two match, matchups we have talked about, I think all four teams uh, are looking solid. Uh, you know, dads a, a little more so than uh, Brian's, obviously. And uh, I think, but yeah, I think all four are set uh, to to make a playoff push. Drew's with the highest uphill battle, but I think he'll be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely he's got an uphill battle, but um, things are trending in the right direction for him. Um, On to the next matchup. Yeah, definitely. So next, the third matchup we will talk about is going to be Anna versus Kyle. And Anna remains in third place. She drops to 3-2. and two. Kyle takes the victory and moves up to 3-2. and two. He is just behind her in fourth place. Kyle wins with 13,032 to Anna's down week of 10,500. It had to happen for Anna. Her team was flying too close to the sun, and a down week was coming. Uh, This happened to be the down week. There were some... 
It's a good week from Kyle. It was. I mean, you can't deny that. It was really solid all around. Um, nothing too crazy and, and nothing horrible, honestly. Uh, very spread out. Uh, even Mahomes only puts up 1782. You got Thielen with 2100, Woods with 1700, Breida with 1260, Davis with four, 1450, Kittle with 1080, and uh, just a lot of even performances. There were a couple things that really went Kyle's way. Obviously, you see Brandon Cooks putting up a goose egg for Anna. Uh, he went out with what looked like a pretty bad... Uh, I, I didn't see the play, but I heard it looked really bad, uh, the concussion that he got. Yeah, it was, he, a, uh, it was one of those ones where his you know his, his arms came up and they, yeah. and they sort of shook a little bit, you know? Yeah, like where yeah. he, it was clear the second he got hit that he was out. Yeah. Um, so never, never good, but wish him a speedy recovery. But yeah, my, and, my point there is, is he ends up with zero. He had been, I mean, he was almost 1,500 a week going into that. And not only does him going down take points away from Anna, but inevitably it gives more points and more opportunities to Robert Woods. Um, and to, to take it even further, Cooper Cup also went down in the second half with a concussion. And so Robert Woods was the guy, uh, and he obviously benefited from them being out. Um and Brita does for, oh I want to talk <laughs> I want to talk about Brita because I'm very sick of Matt Brita right now because for the second time this year it looked like he was out with a it looked like his career was over he was writhing around in so much pain it looked like he I I was like man it's like a dislocated ankle or like he just completely tore up his knee or yeah. nope ankle sprain <laughs> he's like an ankle sprain he's he's day to day so uh. Really getting sick of him, but he was fortunate enough to get to snag a touchdown uh, before he went out, so that was helpful for Kyle. And then, I mean, Mike Davis. I guess it's just going to be they're forgetting about Rashad Penny, and it's going to be Mike Rashad Davis Penny and, didn't get a single carry yeah, in this game. It's crazy, um, but yeah. So a, a tough week for Anna. Uh, I'll talk. You, I'm going to talk about her team because, uh, like I said, it's a down week, but still, there's so much to be encouraged about for Anna. Um, Deshaun Watson put up another great performance of uh, 2,200. Kenny Galladay, I mean, I I feel like I talk about Kenny Galladay all the time. He's the he's, guy. He looks so good. I mean, the routes he runs are amazing. His hands are just sensational. Uh, he makes some phenomenal catches. Um, Aguilar, I, d- I don't know how I feel about him anymore now that Alshon's back and Wentz is back, and his guy. I mean, his guy is Ertz, and he go, looks to Alshon before he looks to Aguilar. So, I mean, Camara putting up only 540. Like I said, it was such a strange game, uh, and it was like the Saints like th- were throwing a welcome back party for Mark Ingram um, because he got he got all the touches uh, near the goal line. I mean, I know he's the goal line back in general, but. Uh, they also give Alvin Kamara goal line touches as well. And Ingram got 16 carries and only put up 53 yards, but got the two. He stole the two touchdowns. Um, I mean, Kamara before Ingram was, if, if you give him 16 carries, he was giving you like 110 yards. So, I mean, Kamara is so easily the better running back. Uh, but I guess, I don't know. Do, are you concerned? I, I feel like I'm not concerned for Kamara. I think it was a strange week, and I think he'll bounce back very nicely next week. Um, is there any concern on your end with Ingram being back for Kamara? No. I am I mean, concern in the sense that, obviously, 
it'll cut into into Kamara's points, but he can he can handle that and still be the top running back in the league. Like he's been he's been getting insane numbers, and I think even if he gets a few touchdowns vultured by Ingram, I, I think Kamara is going to be just fine. I don't I don't foresee many weeks with this low of a point total. I think this will this could end up being one of Kamara's lowest weeks of the year if not the oh, I, lowest yeah i think this will be his lowest week of the year yeah um so no i wouldn't be too concerned i i would say for anna's team that Devonte freeman is the guy that really in order yeah. to bring her team to the next level he's gotta yeah he's gotta start showing up and, and be that reliable running back too for her even though she does get that killer performance from crowell this week i wouldn't expect him to be able to run 219 yards on most teams but i guess the broncos defense is as bad as it seems I uh, I owe him I owe Crowell a bit of an apology, uh, although I I will say I don't think you do. <laughs> so he went the, the the previous three weeks before this one he was literally averaging like just over two yards per carry, and then in this game he goes off for two hundred nineteen yards and averaged like fourteen and a half yards per carry, uh, putting up a fantasy total of twenty nine sixty. So yeah, it was a great game. Um, but I'm not sure how much Anna can expect from him uh, on a week-to-week basis. Obviously, nothing. I mean, this is going to be. I would be shocked if he had a better week than this uh, rest of the season. Um, but it's good. I, she she got him later in the draft, and he's been great for her so far, more often than not. Um, but yeah, Devonte Freeman. That whole that whole backfield situation. Freeman got eight carries, Coleman got seven carries, and Ito Smith got three carries, and Ito Smith got the goal line carry. So I am I have no idea what to make of that situation right now. Definitely scary to own a Falcons running back. Uh, you very unpredictable at this point. I would say for Anna's team, she got some brightness from Demarius Thomas on her bench with a touchdown, 105 yards. I wouldn't see that continuing. I think that was just a big play for Thomas. And then Jakeem Grant with another return touchdown, sitting with 1,500 points in Anna's bench. So bad luck there, not playing those guys. But I think Anna made the correct decisions. Those were just fluke plays. Another, just moving over from bench to bench, Nick Chubb with only 20 points on (laughs) Kyle's bench. Kyle actually had him in at one point, and you mocked him. And I think Kyle was probably, hopefully, planning on taking him out, but... I can't imagine he was ever actually going to play him. That would be insane. Yeah, that would have been a bad play. So Nick Chubb follows up the two-touchdown performance with a nice, fat three carries for two yards. <laughs> hey, he got the same amount of carries and just 100 less yards. Yeah, casual. But Kyle's team, obviously Nick Chubb was not the norm. He got a lot of production from his guys this week across the board. Minus Mike Williams getting only 630 in his flex spot. And Julio Jones... Julio Jonesing with five receptions, 62 yards, zero touchdowns with 870. Kyle has to be really happy with the rest of his team. Pat Mahomes showing up, not in Pat Mahomes style, but in reputable quarterback style with 1782. Adam Thielen breaking records. Uh, The only first guy with 100 plus yards in his first five games, I believe, was the stat I saw. Um, Robert Woods like you said, benefiting from two of his pals being out but had a big game. George Kittle with a nice 1,000 spot. So Kyle's team, you know, 
His team's looking good. If Matt Breida is is the injury that Kyle needs to be concerned about, if Matt Breida is injured, then Kyle is absolutely bleeding at the running back position. Oh my position. god! Oh my god! Uh, he's he's. I mean, he's screwed. Even if even if Matt Breida isn't injured at the running back position, but if Matt Breida is injured, Kyle's really gotta flip some of that wide receiver talent for some reputable running back slots. Yeah, if Breida's out, I. Because Fournette's not playing next week, and that means you've got he's the two two running backs he's rostering that could play are Mike Davis and Nick Chubb. So uh, yes, yeah. look that's, look elsewhere. That's not great because uh, I I mean I don't believe in Mike Chubb or Mike Chubb. I don't believe in Mike Davis uh, for long term. I uh, or Nick I, Chubb obviously obviously not Nick Chubb long term, but. Um, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, his wide receiving core right now is just fantastic, and I don't know Julio Jones though is a just a massive disappointment. I mean, he's been absolutely on fire in catches, in targets, in yards. It's incredible that he just cannot. They can't find ways to get him the ball in the end zone. It's it's remarkable to me. I don't understand it. Uh, I'm pretty convinced that Steve Sarkeesian is a bad offensive coordinator, but outside of that, Julio's got to just start making things happen. Yeah, uh, and good news for Kyle is he's got the Bears defense coming back off of a bye um, next week. So they're, I mean, they're looking really good. Uh, yeah, and he's, Mahomes is just awesome, and his wide receivers are awesome, and I think Kittle's going to be a really solid tight end play most weeks. So, yeah, it's the running backs he's got to worry about. Um, and then I wanted to ask you about Mike Williams because his first three weeks he was looking really good, and now the last two – haven't been great. He hasn't gotten a lot of targets the last two weeks. I was wondering what your feelings on him were. Do you think it's going to be more of the first three weeks the rest of the season, or is is he trending towards what more of what he's going to be, where it's going to be, you know, kind of around five or six hundred unless he can score a touchdown? Um, I think that the answer to that question is in the schedule of the Chargers because. I think when Mike when the Chargers score a lot, Mike Williams will. It, there's just too many mouths to feed. So Mike Williams can't rely on talent alone. He's very talented, but he needs there to be offensive production because he's on a list of guys like Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams and Melvin Gordon and Antonio Gates and Austin Eckler and who's the other? I feel like they have one other good wide receiver there. Anyways, I like. I, I don't really like Mike Williams for the next several weeks. I don't like him against Cleveland next week. They're going up against a tough defense with the Browns. The Titans defense has actually looked pretty good. Then they're on bye. Then they go to Seattle. I just I don't like Mike Williams as a as a flex option for the time being. Yeah, I think that's a fair take. But the good news for Kyle is he's got Josh Gordon on his bench who put up twelve hundred. Now he didn't he only got I think four targets and only two catches and um but we'll see how that relationship with Tom Brady, how that ends up going as the weeks move forward. I think it's looking promising for now. And then Allison is injured, but when he's healthy, he's one of Aaron Rodgers' uh, you know, top three targets. So uh, either of those guys, if healthy, um, I think would be fine most weeks in his flex position. Uh, so his team is looking good right now. Uh, Got to admit. On to the next matchup, Yeah, Kyle. Before... <laughs> Uh, any any final thoughts about Anna's team? Obviously, um, she's looking good right now. I'd rather have Anna's team than Kyle's team. 
Kyle Kyle's in the worst running back position out of anyone in the league. Yeah, especially I mean, right? Yeah, with Fournette being out and 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 with Brita being injured. Yeah, true. Um, no, yeah, I, I think I think Freeman. I think I'm hoping Freeman can be fine. I think he will be fine. It was his first game back. The Falcons didn't play well, so um, and obviously Kamara's going to bounce back. So I, I, Anna's running back. She's looking great with. I think wide receivers. She's uh, hopefully Cooks won't be out too long, and if he's not, uh, she's going to be fine. Um, so yeah, matchup. Uh, next matchup we're going to go to is <laughs> going to be Greg versus Scotts, and I laugh because I just realized that Greg is three and two and in fifth place. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Greg's got a winning record. So Greg takes down Scott uh, with eleven thousand six hundred forty-eight. Uh, Scott only had. 10,214. He put up his very nice week against me and uh, shit the bed. So thanks for that, Scott. Um, yeah, Greg is 3-2. and two. Scott is 2-3. and three. Scott is in 10th place, or 11th place. Um, man, this was, a, this was a battle of the Titans. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Jeez. Scott's so Scott's team, right? And Jared Goff did exactly what I had thought he would do more often than not. He puts up 16.34. This is the Jared Goff you're going to get more often than not. Of course, against me, he put up like almost 4,000. But, I mean, do you disagree? I mean, Jared Goff is a fine quarterback, but they've got Todd Gurley. And when they're, I mean, Todd Gurley is just a touchdown machine. He got another three for Greg, which is the reason he, basically the reason Greg won. Um, yeah, I, if Scott's fine with that, I think this is much more what Jared Goff is going to get you most weeks. Um, and then he gets a good, he gets a solid performance from AJ Green, fourteen twenty. Another nice performance from Sammy Watkins, who looked like he might be questionable, but he plays. He puts up ten eighty, got six receptions for seventy eight yards. I might have to start eating my words about Sammy Watkins not being a consistent, uh, dependable option. He's been good uh, pretty much every week this year. John Brown, a bit of a down week, only 780. But David Johnson, which you love to see for Scott, puts up 2,000. 55 rush yards, two touchdowns, 16 receiving yards. Still not not the yardage you would hope for, but at least they, uh, they're they getting him into the end zone. Kerryon Johnson, I, th- I mean, I think he's going to be fine. I think he left the game a little early. LeGarrette Blunt, unfortunately, poached two touchdowns from him. We talked about that a little earlier, how... Garrett Blunt versus Carrion Johnson is very similar to the Packers running back situation right now. Carrion Johnson is just so talented and needs to be getting as many touches as the offensive coordinator can give him. Um, so I like Carrion Johnson moving forward. Rob Gronkowski finally uh, does a little better. Six catches, 75 yards, over 1,000 points. Um, you like that from Scott. But what is a huge blow to Scott is Jay Ajayi only puts up 190. And news has broke today that he is out for the year with a torn ACL. What? Yeah. JJ is out for Did the year. Did it happen the in the game? I think so, yeah. Is how did I hear nothing about this? <laughs> So, yeah, no, JJ has been put on the injury. Oh my reserve. gosh, that's He's brutal. Gonna, it's brutal. So That's a big blow. It's a big blow. It's a huge blow. Um, and so this this won't be coming out before waivers. Um, so I just wanted to get your take. 
Who I, I would guess you would make. Well, I guess you're going to have the number one pickup. Kind of uh, is nice to be in last place early in the season. But um, would you uh, want? Would you want Corey Clement? Would you want Wendell Smallwood? Is there a guy you would go for? Someone you think? Uh, who do you think is going to be the better back rest of the season? I would definitely say Cl- Corey Clement, but he's been battling injury too. He has. Is, the, is my only hesitation. Yeah. Uh, Darren Sproles has also been out with an injury. So I guess Smallwood's the only healthy one, but he's bad. He had a bad fumble this last week. I whew, I might just want nothing to do with that Eagles backfield. I don't know. We'll have to see, but that's that'll be tough for, for, to, for Scott to have to combat. Luckily, he's got two solid guys, but on Johnson, like you mentioned, I think his was a concussion as well, uh, had to leave the game. Mm, or no, that could no, be rough if... No. Uh, he went out of bounds and landed awkwardly. Okay, yeah, that yes, I did hear that, and it's it's only I think it's only like an ankle or something like that. So um, hopefully he'll be ready to go next week. Scott will need him, especially with Ajayi out, because dear God, don't play Derrick Henry. Um, I was just gonna say, don't look, <laughs> don't look to your bench, Scott, because Derrick Henry's on your bench, and don't play him. I will, I will admit, I wanted to try and pick up Derrick Henry when I saw that Kyle dropped him. I'm totally fine with Kyle dropping him because Derrick Henry's the type of guy. If you have him on your team, you're tempted to play him, and it's almost always a bad decision to play him. This was the type of game against Buffalo where Derrick Henry should have finally had a breakout week. He got the carries again uh, and only gets 56 yards. I mean, yeah, Derrick Henry, I don't know. Is he? Maybe he's just not a good NFL running back. Um, it's very strange to me that he has performed so poorly. Uh, but yeah, speaking got... of performing poorly, Alex <laughs> Smith on Scott's bench. Uh, also, he ended up with fourteen seventy. But boy, I wonder if the Redskins are checking the paperwork to see what kind of clauses they have in that huge contract they gave Alex Smith. <laughs> oh come on, don't be rude. Uh, I tell you what, though, if Scott had someone like Philip Rivers on his team, I would be liking his team a lot more right now than I do. Um, I mean, Jared Goff. Jared Goff is is good, I think. But I, okay, but do you disagree? Like, I think you're going to see less than two thousand from Jared Goff more often than you're going to see over two thousand. And, and now, at like eighteen, nineteen hundred isn't a bad week, but like you creep into the sixteen hundred, fifteen hundred category, and you really hope for more from your QB. Um, well, you're talking to the guy who has Matty Ice, man. So obviously, I'm expecting five thousand point weeks. But not everyone, not everyone can expect that firepower from their quarterbacks. Someone who who did have a disappointing week for Greg, but just disappointing in my standards for him. Cam Newton only with eighteen hundred. Yeah, huh? that's yep. that's weak. But gosh, Cam Newton is one of those guys where talk about that he's Matty Ice level where you that's an every week start and he's going to be putting up some real numbers this season. <laughs> Cam Newton is the far superior fantasy player to Matt Ryan. Oh, uh, um. well, that's 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 your opinion. Uh, the issue really with Greg's team lies in the wide receivers. Uh boy, was his te- his team carried by his running backs this week. Todd Gurley with th- over 3000 because Todd Gurley loves scoring three touchdowns. Mark Ingram with two touchdowns, as Tommy mentioned. Jared Cook only putting up 400. Uh, that was a trade that Tommy and Greg pulled off. Greg received Jared Cook and Kenny Stills, and Tommy received Zach Ertz. It's I understand at- <laughs> the trade from both sides, I suppose, but certainly wish I could have come out on Tommy's side with Zach Ertz. Best tight end in the league, and 
Jared Cook and Kenny Stills are mediocre at best. But hey, Greg, I like the move. You know, I like that you're. Hey, you're three and two. You're doing something better than I am. So hey, keep very it up. Fair. Was Marquise Goodwin a late scratch, or did Greg mess up by playing him? I was looking at that. I don't think certainly that I, there's no excuse for it. He he was not. He was it was a later scratch, um, but it's one of those things where like if I, it's something that would never happen to me. Like sure, right? Sure. Like I like you check. I mean, it was you check before you check on Sunday morning and you see what his status is. And if he's questionable, you have to keep your eye on him. Um, Yeah, I guess in Greg's half defense, he has he had literally no one else to play on his team. So he he would have had to pick someone up. But that's okay because why is CJ Anderson rostered on Greg's team? It's a fair question. Uh, The other question is, why is Greg still playing Jordan Wilkins? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like Jameson Crowder, I'm not sure there's anyone better out there that he could have played with the way things look right now. But I mean, Kenny Stills, I, I really, I still have faith in Kenny Stills. Um, God, how did Greg win this week? Look at his team. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because Scott put up How 10, is he three and two? How is he three and two? He has had the benefit of some, of facing people in the right weeks. Um, that's, that's fantasy football for you, folks. Yeah, that is fantasy football for you. The fact that um, that Greg is three and two right now and Louis is two and three uh, is just. I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, it's out of control. Let's move on to the next matchup, man. I don't have the patience to talk about these two anymore. Okay, what? <laughs> so <laughs> we will move on in just one second. I will say for Greg's team, Cam Newton, Todd Gurley, and Mark Ingram. It's a solid three guys to have. Like, if he can just... And then he's got Mike Evans coming back from his bye. Like, if he can just patch the holes in his team and just week-to-week play guys on based on good matchups, he's got a core that really could somehow carry him into the playoffs, especially if he keeps getting luck with matchups like this. Um, and then for Scott, uh, I don't know. You got anything? I, I, I Overall, I like his team, but... Especially with JGI being out now, uh, he's got a massive gaping hole at the flex position right now. Nobody on his bench to fill it, um, and I guess maybe D.D. Westbrook. Uh, but yeah, uh, but it's encouraging for David Johnson to be better, and I think his wide receiving core is solid. And if you th- if you like Jared Goff, then I guess he's set there. He's got Rob Gronkowski. Uh, he his team could easily bounce back. Um, but yeah, I guess let's. Let's move on to the next matchup. Uh, yeah, we'll go with, uh, we're going to talk about Dan uh, versus Justin. Um, Justin's team, man, uh, he, he, gets, he gets the victory to move to two and three. Dan falls to two and three, so they're, they're tied record-wise. Justin puts up another great, well, another good week. Maybe not great, because great this year means like 15,000, but 13,268. Dan had a bit of a down week, 11,512. Um, I gave Justin some grief for dropping Lamar Miller, um, but he had a great play. He played, uh, it was a great job for him to play in Naeem Hines. Um, a great matchup, guys injured. Um, I don't know if Naeem Hines is going to be a good play all the time, depending on what kind of injuries they have, because they, you know, T.Y. Hilton was out, Jack Doyle was out. Uh, Marlon Mack was out, so they threw to him a lot. He got seven catches, which was the big, uh, the reason why he had a decent week. But 
man, Jack, I still love Justin's team. I mean, you look at the guys on Justin's team. Aaron Rodgers, who was I mean, the Packers looked atrocious uh, and lost to the Lions, but because they were so bad and they were down 24 nothing, he ended up having to throw for 442 yards and three touchdowns and two two or no one two point conversion, putting up 2800. Antonio Brown was back in a major way, 25-10. Julian Edelman in his first week back puts up 1,000. Cooper Cup, you hope he's okay because he's been fantastic so far for Justin, putting up 1,800. Kelsey, another solid week. Uh, Ridley, a bit of a down week, uh, but he's got Justin Tucker, great. He's got the Rams defense, had a down week, but they're solid in general. I still love Justin's team. I mean, am I wrong here? You're wrong here. Okay. You're wrong here, man. <laughs> I, I, here's what I'll say. I'm not bought into Marshawn Lynch. It's his first bad week. I'm not bought into it. Why? I'm not bought into anything John okay. Gruden do because of the Raiders. And that's and that's fair because John Gruden's. Apparently... You see, Marshawn Lynch got he got Marshawn Lynch this weekend, dude. He he they they threw an interception. At fourth and fourth and goal it's, on the one yard line. It's it mine. Like flashback to his Super Bowl to to at the Seahawks Super Bowl, dude. It's mind boggling. It's mind boggling to me. They won't give him the uh, ball. He's got one of the most powerful running backs in NFL history at the one yard line. Just give him a chance. I mean, these coaches, they all think they're so smart and they're all so yeah. dumb. They're gonna outsmart. They're 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 one step ahead of the defense, man. Right. Oh, they'll never see this coming. Derek Carr's your quarterback. Don't right. throw it. Yes. The problem is, Derek Carr's yeah. looked bad this year. No, he hasn't looked great. You're not wrong about that. Um, so fine, I, I, Marshawn Lynch. But he's a fine. I mean, with, with with the way the running back landscape is out there right now, Marshawn Lynch is a fine running back too. Yeah, he's a running back too for sure. I don't see a running back one for Justin. I, I don't. Naeem Hines is not a long term thing. And Dante Foreman, who he picked up in replace of Lamar Miller, I hope he comes back and is healthy and, and gets that role, and Justin's right about that. But I just don't see him being a good... I mean, he doesn't have a running back one. Which was why I was so... Dis, so uh, Which is why I was frustrated with his Lamar Miller drop, because he, Lamar Miller has not been great, and I get that. He's been disappointing so far this season. He was battling an injury. He didn't play this week, so it's not like Justin could have played him, but... We have no idea what Foreman's going to be like. I mean, he's coming off of an Achilles injury, and Achilles injury is really hard to come back from. There's no guarantee that he's going to look like the guy that he looked like before his injury. Um, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be coming off of the injured reserve, off the pup, but there's no guarantee he's going to get a lot of playing time, and I think Lamar Miller is still the guy there for the time being, and with Justin being so thin at the running back position, I just I think he should have held on to Lamar Miller for longer. Um, I completely agree. And but outside of that, he looks great. And that's that's fine. His quarterback and his wide receivers look really solid. And Travis Kelsey is only yeah. behind Zach Ertz as the best tight end in the league. Right. Uh, right. So he's in good shape. I look at Dan's team and I see a team that's under five hundred, I guess. But boy, you know we've been we've been. T- Talking up Dan's team all season, you got to be putting your foot on the brakes a little bit in terms of in terms of leading the charge of the Dan bandwagon. What do you what do you say, Tommy? Are you still Team Dan? Are you are you Team uh, I don't know what's anti Dan? What's what's not Dan? What's the opposite of Dan? Um, let's go with Ken, Team Ken. 
Team Ken. Uh, All right. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Are you Team Dan or Team Ken? I am still very much Team Dan. Uh, the interesting thing, so Kirk Cousins only puts up 1,400. It's so interesting when a good quarterback performance does not translate into a good fantasy performance because Kirk Cousins played a really good game and led the Vikings to a victory against a really tough Eagles opponent in Philadelphia. The problem was he only got one passing touchdown and he lost a fumble. So that that's why he his points were so low. But I am not worried about Kirk Cousins. He's been slinging the rock to both Diggs and Thielen. As you mentioned, they cannot run the ball. Kirk Cousins is going to be fine. Tyreek Hill put up 1,000 when he was going against Jalen Ramsey. That's fine. Tyreek Hill is going to be fine. Jarvis Landry gets about a million targets a game. He's going to be fine. Um, Devin Funches, you know, with if... Hopefully, T.Y. Hilton can come back next week. You just slide Funches back into the flex. Or maybe you do Sanu in the flex. Sanu's looked great in back-to-back weeks. If T.Y. Hilton can come back and be good, I still love Dan's receiving core. I still love his quarterback. You cannot say enough about Saquon Barkley, who is just an absolute monster. Uh, Caught that 57-yard touchdown pass from Odell Beckham Jr. And then his run to give him the lead uh, with not much time left where he like left from the five yard line and he landed and it kind of looked like he was injured, but he seemed to be okay after that. But that was an incredible run and an incredible uh, effort to get into the end zone. He's amazing. Even in a down week for Carlos Hyde against a tough run defense against Baltimore, he still puts up 870. Um, Carlos Hyde is the guy there. They give him the carries. Rudolph is, he's solid again. I mean, with the way tight ends have been, 660 isn't bad. Uh, He's going to be probably, you know, that's right around his floor so far. And then if he gets a touchdown, you you can get over 1,000 up to 1,500. So, I mean, I don't know. I still see a lot that I like um, from Dan's team. Not to mention Chris Carson. I don't trust Chris Carson enough to ever play him because I absolutely hate Pete Carroll. But uh, he puts up 1,320. Blau Powell put up 790. Uh, Blau Powell. Blau Powell. He's rostering Rashad Penny. That, I mean... You can hang on to him in the hopes that he starts to do something, but as of right now, it doesn't look like uh, they're going to be using Rashad Penny for the time being. But no, I'm still very much Team Dan. I think he's got a lot of a lot of things that uh, that look good right now, and I just I think most of the guys on his team have a lot of opportunity within their offenses, so I think he should be fine. I'm not worried about him at all. Great, I uh, slightly agree. But let's not get into it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. We wouldn't want to analyze things. Um, yeah. No, I I, <laughs> I I agree with everything you said. I mean, I think the the weak spots you would point out are the weak spots that I would point out. It's, okay. it's Yeah, it's, it's pretty wider, it's, it's pretty obvious. Right. You know, he's really solid where he's solid. And then there's a few areas where not 100% confident, but I'm sure he'll, he'll be able to find some viable options. Yeah. Cool. Um, quick question: Do you believe in Jordy Nelson or no? No. Okay. See, <laughs> uh, see, pre- previous answer for Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, okay, let's move on to the Derek Carr's bad dude. Derek Carr might just be really bad. He had Derek, like one. Derek Carr. Twenty sixteen, he was a stud, and then now he just. Um, yeah, so he was like MVP. He was like MVP candidate right. level. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the last matchup. Uh, a matchup between best the, for last. <laughs> I was going to say the matchup between the clear cut two best teams in the league. Uh, 
tremendous performances from both of our <laughs> rosters this week. I take you down with a massive score of 11,952. You put up a valiant effort with 10,610. I mean, just a crushing blow for you to not get the victory with how well your team performs. It's like when there's in a week like this, you know, when when you're going up against Tommy and he's he's scoring numbers like that, <laughs> that's a week where you, you hope you just walk out and throw out a goose egg, you know, like oh let me get let me get my team's bad week out of the way yeah. while while someone's crushing up on me. But boy, you know, <laughs> we just we both had powerhouse weeks and I just got squeaked squeaked out by it. So it's definitely not ideal for me. To take a take a loss with this, <laughs> this behemoth of a score, but all all kidding aside, uh, this is a this is a rare opportunity. One time, once a season, where we face each other, and I can talk about your team, and you can talk about my team. Um, you first. Yeah, I look at your team, and what immediately sticks out is your running backs. You have. Without a doubt, as I say that very hesitantly, <laughs> the best running backs, like your team, like the fact that you have Kareem Hunt, Christian McCaffrey as the one, two, and then your flex is Joe Mixon, who right now looks like a running back one. Um, right now, it I looks have, like you I could, have three you, running you backs, could, one, running back ones. Yes, you could like there is a there is a scenario where all three of these guys end up in the top 12, 12 at the end of the year, which is just so that is obviously incredible, and that is the very very bright spot. Um, but what concerns me all of a sudden is your wide receiving core. Um, now, what I will say is, so you drafted Larry Fitzgerald; he has not worked out so far. Um, you hope that can turn around, but for now, he's just not playable, especially because the Cardinals suck. You want, you mentioned Kiki QT uh, earlier in the podcast, and he puts up 1430. Now, it's very unfortunate. We talked about this before we started the podcast, but uh, in a perfect world, you would have beaten me. Because in a perfect world, uh, you would have known... That Kiki QT was going to play. He was considered a game time decision Sunday morning, so you had to take him out of your lineup and put in a Nunwa. A Nunwa somehow goose egged for you, his first goose egg of the year. Uh, and so that is a 1400 point difference, and a 1400 point difference gets you the victory. So um, that's really unfortunate and very lucky for me because I think I needed the win a lot more than you did. Because, uh, I mean, well, you'll get to my team in a second, but um, yeah. Having I, QT looks great. I mean, just looking at him, the routes he runs, he's got good hands. Uh, it was, I, it was, he was someone I wanted. You got, you got him on the waivers before I could, and uh, so I think you slide him in. Um, Alshon Jeffrey's going to be better. Uh, he's just going. to, I mean, he just is. He's going to be better. Uh, it's a little concerning that. I mean, his first week back, he got 2,000. That was so encouraging. And now to back it up with this, that's very disappointing. But well, I think... The, it was almost the same targets, dude. Nine nine targets for eight receptions versus eight targets for two receptions. So, so yeah, just... exactly. The targets are there, and it just wasn't. For whatever reason, they weren't on the same page this week. So he'll be fine. And then Marvin Jones, just the one catch. I mean, <laughs> luckily it was a touchdown. Um, yeah. But we talked about the Detroit receivers, and that's kind of just going to be. I think they're going to take their turn, uh, take their take turns having good weeks, and so 
you know, and so maybe more often than not, Marvin Jones is going to take a back seat. And so for me, I think you still play him every week. Uh, and you just hope that more often than not, he, uh, I mean, 730 is not terrible, but like right now he's your wide receiver one question mark. And so that's not good enough. Um, so the, the wide receivers are what concerned me for you. You tried to go yeah, with the... No, that's the understatement of the year. Um, the wide receivers are what concern me. Yeah, compared to my running backs, it's like, it's night, it's night and day. But at least, hey, at least you have tremendous running backs. That is, right now, the running back landscape is so bad. So many teams are struggling at the running back position at least a little bit. And uh, you're Tell a me solid, what you think about Larry Fitzgerald. I don't know what to make of it. Uh, he's dealing with some kind of injury. Um... And Arizona looks bad, and I don't know. I, I really don't know what to make of Larry Fitzgerald because we talk about how it's like people always sleep on him in the draft, and then he always ends up being amazing. But this year it just hasn't happened for him yet. And I don't know I don't know when slash if it turns around. I mean, we're through five weeks. Um, maybe, you know, he can start to turn it around, and then he'll have – he's got a bye week in week nine – and uh, maybe he can get fully healthy during the bye week, and then down the stretch he becomes uh, a viable option for you. But uh, yeah, I don't really know because he's not he's not getting the targets. I mean, two weeks he, he started off great, well not great, but ten targets is great. Then five, two, seven against Seattle, but then only three against San Francisco. So um, he's just not getting the targets. Uh, so that is concerning. Uh, I'm very concerned about Larry Fitzgerald for you. Speaking of not getting the targets, dude, Michael Thomas for you started off the season with 17, 13, and 10 targets in his first three games. Just a massive roadrunner start. In the last two weeks, he's gotten four targets and five targets, respectively. Are you worried about him at all? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's very strange because the offensive production has not changed overall. For the Saints, I mean, week one, forty-eight points. Week two, twenty-one points is when he got. He still got twelve catches and two touchdowns. And then week three, they put up forty-three, and that's good again. But then against the Giants, thirty-three points, only four targets. Against Washington, forty-three points, only four targets. Uh, Drew Brees is spreading the ball around so much all of a sudden. It was like, Thomas is my go-to guy. Thomas is my go-to guy. Psych, psych, psych. Now everyone's even. No one's getting more than four catches a game. I'm Right now, I'm very concerned. I, I mean, I'm very concerned about my team. It's why I said I thought I needed the win much more than you. Um, if Michael Thomas isn't a stud, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fucked. I'm just fucked. I, 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 don't know, I don't know what I do because here's what I see is... Don't panic, dude. I'm not panicking, but I'm just saying Michael Thomas is trending the wrong direction. James Conner, I'm so happy with his performance. But Le'Veon Bell is going to be coming back, and now there are reports that it's going to be a timeshare between the two of them when Le'Veon Bell comes back. If that happens, then I'm really, really screwed. Uh, But anyway, go ahead. You're fine, dude. You're fine, okay? I know earlier... I had a little hot take about Tyler Lockett and Doug Baldwin. I didn't mean it. Doug Baldwin's the guy, and he's going to turn things around. 
like you said earlier, he was in almost, he was in basically 90% of snaps. He's on the field. They'll start using him again. He's just getting back into the swing of things. Michael Thomas is a stud. He's fine, dude. He'll be, the target share will, will rise back up again. You'll see. I don't believe in the James Conner, Le'Veon Bell timeshare thing. I don't think that'll be the case. I think it's James Conner all day, every day until Lev Bell's back. And when Lev Bell's back, he'll be Lev Bell again. I don't buy the timeshare. So don't worry about that. You made a great trade to get Zach Ertz, and he's an absolute stud. Zach Ertz is going to win multiple matchups for you this year. You watch me. You watch me. <laughs> the difference between the difference between Zach Ertz and uh, I mean Zach Ertz was the difference in our matchup this week. Yeah. Zach Ertz won you your matchup this week. Yeah, he did. So that trade won me so, the matchup. Yeah. So I I think that'll continue to happen for you. I think that was a huge trade for you. So well done. And then yeah, your wide receiver three and your running back two and your flex are looking a little shaky, but. Okay, that's only three of my seven, or three of my eight roster spots. Yeah, exactly. You'll find a way. You'll be fine. <laughs> so what, what I will say, uh, LaShawn McCoy, super encouraging. 24 carries. Yeah. I love that. I was never yeah. going to play him because he's on the Bills, and he was literally getting less than 10 touches per game. And he got 26. And that, I mean, that... That's making me feel a lot better about him. Yeah, his forward. previous high on the season was nine carries. So <laughs> that's yeah. super encouraging. Um, Javoris Allen, only 880, but he got eight carries. He, 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 if he hadn't fumbled, it would have been over 1,000 for him without getting a touchdown. And he is playing in more snaps than Alex Collins. He outtouched Alex Collins and he played in 50 of the 87 snaps this week. Um, I'm pretty sure I want nothing to do with either of those guys. Yeah, ideally I would <laughs> never start Javorius Allen, but here we are, and I think right now he's my best option. <laughs> what are your plans with Jordan Reed? Uh, well, he kind of screwed me a little bit. I was hoping he would... Back up. Not not great. Not great when you're trying to trade him for him yep, to get one exactly. catch. <laughs> for him to go from five targets, eight targets, seven targets, and now after the bye, he puts up one catch for 21 yards on two targets in a game where they should have been throwing the ball a lot because they were down a lot. Um, it's great. very possible. Um, I'm just going to have to drop Jordan Reed uh, eventually, but we'll see. I'm going to try and move him, even if it's for some garbage wide receiver um I'll at least try and get something for him uh but yeah I don't know what I'm gonna do with I might I might end up having to drop him we'll see I mean maybe he's just not gonna be not gonna be good I don't know but yeah I, I, Keelan Cole has not been what I wanted him to be he has not showed me enough yet I love the 10 targets but I don't know Blake Bortles looked GD awful in that game against Kansas City. He was making terrible throws. He threw multiple interceptions in key scenarios, multiple uh, turnovers in the red zone. Um, I, I mean, I had no doubt that Kansas City was going to win that game uh, when I was picking it. The Jacksonville Jaguars cannot be an elite team with Blake Bortles. It just will. It will never happen. It will never happen, no matter how good their defense is. I believe that. Um with their defense is good enough to the and the AFC is so bad or bad enough where 
I mean, they're easily going to make the playoffs, and they'll probably, uh, they might even get to the AFC Championship. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. Keelan Cole. That's, that's harsh, but you're not wrong. Yeah. And then Matt Stafford hasn't been doing enough. Um, like, it was just, so he had three pretty good weeks, right? 2,400, almost 1,800, and then um, 2,078. And he backs it up. He was, I love the matchup at home against Green Bay. And it just, he didn't have to throw the ball at all in the second half. And Larry Garrett Blunt poached two touchdowns very early. And so uh, for me, it was just unfortunate game script. I still like Matt Stafford, but I mean, that's three weeks out of the five of less than 2000. And now he's coming up on his bye week. So, um, yeah, I don't know. My team is just very much underperformed through five weeks. And, um, it's been, I haven't gotten over 12,000 since week two. I started off with two good weeks, um, and I've backed it up with, I'm fortunate to get a win and just backed it up with three pretty bad weeks. Um, yeah, I don't know what to make of my team right now. I just I just need guys to turn it around. I need LaShawn McCoy to turn it around. I need Doug Baldwin to be Doug Baldwin. And I need Michael Thomas to be much closer to his first three weeks than his last two weeks. Uh, if those three things happen, like you said, Zach Ertz is great. I like, hopefully, either James Conner or Le'Veon Bell will be my stud running back one. And then, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not like throwing in the towel or anything like that. It's just... Well, if it makes you feel better, dude, I'm one and four. Yeah, but the thing is, is like I don't know. I like your, I like the position in more for you more than I like my own position. Even though you're one and four and dead last, I think your team with with the running backs you have and the potential you have at the wide receiver position, um, I like your, I like the position you're in a lot more than I like the position I'm in right now. I got a. I've got Michael Thomas and Matt Stafford on bye next week, um, and I'm going up against Greg. I'm pretty sure, so I'm almost certain that I'm going to have a really bad week, and Greg's going to move to four and two. Um, so, but yeah, that's that's <laughs> amazing, <laughs> right? Greg's going to be four and two if I can't uh, if I can't win. Um, That'll be great. That's all the matchups. Uh, good work. I think we did a great job analyzing, if I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tip of the cap to us. Uh, uh, next week, we should slot aside some time to read some user, uh, some listener emails. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, because we have... <laughs> yes, my apologies uh, to Mr. <laughs> to, to Dr. Dombrowski. We did not get, have time to read your email this week. They've been um, flooding in, so we'll see which ones we have time to read. But yeah, if it happens to be a Dombrowski, that's just one of the hundreds that we've received. Right, correct, and we will 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 open up um, next week week six episode with with uh, some emails. So, thank you to all of the hundreds of you that have been emailing in. Um, Jack, we're five weeks through the season. Okay, the, the regular season in fantasy is only thirteen weeks. We are over a third of the way done. We're, I mean, before we know it, it's going to be more than halfway done. Uh, is that? Do you have any thoughts, like? Right now, with you sitting at one and four, I mean, and it's because we have eight teams able to make the playoffs, but, like, everyone right now has a chance to make the playoffs. Um, do you disagree, or, or do you think, like, 
I don't know. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think, I think if if I lose this week and I go to one and five, I think that's when it starts getting a little scary. It does, one and five is is scary for sure. Um, the because I mean when when playoffs are over, playoffs start week thirteen. Playoffs start week fourteen. Fourteen. So, I mean, you know, for our league, you know, teams are making it. Teams are making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs with anything worse than a seven and six record. So if you're one and five, you got to go six and six. There, and there's, there's, there's plenty of examples of a six and seven team making it. Um, so, you, but irregardlessly, uh, you would have to go. You would have to finish. The, you would have to finish the season five and two at the very least to make yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. Um, which would be tough. Uh, well, you're going up against Brian next week, so good luck. Um, yeah, that is a that is we're going to call that one a must win for you. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and yeah, you know we've got going to have multiple two and three teams going against each other. Scott two and three up against Drew two and three. Um, Justin two and three up against Kyle three and two. Um, Dad four and one up against Dan two and three. Me two and three up against Greg three and two, and then uh, two Louis two and three up against Anna three and two. So there's going to be, I mean, there could be a lot of three and three teams um, after this week. So uh, a lot of balance around the league. But yeah, I guess let's end this. We're kind of I'm kind of blabbing on here at the end. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Jack, for <laughs> for joining me this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey, good job to us, dude. Hey, we did really good. We did really good. Great work. And, and, uh, uh, yeah, thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, Jack, any I'm final sick. thoughts? <clears throat> Sorry for everyone if I sound congested. I am. Uh, so, yeah. He would hate to sound congested when he is. Um, yeah. Well, I don't want people emailing in. You sound congested trying to like make me feel bad. Right. I am congested. Yeah, okay? he is congested. I don't sound <laughs> congested. I am. <laughs> it's not just the sound. It's, it's the feeling as well. Yeah. Um, All right. Yep. Thanks for listening, Jack. As a pleasure as always. And uh, go ahead and send us out. Tune in next time, y'all. Let's talk fantasy football. Shoo dunga da doo dee 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 do. My voice. Shoo dunga da dee 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 do. My voice. Do 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 do. Thanks for coming. Come again. Thank you so much to everyone that tuned in today. I cannot tell you how much pleasure it brings the two of us to talk to you all about fantasy football. Let's talk fantasy football. That's let's with an L E double T S. Not one T. And for the love of God, no X no apostrophe or exclamation point but (laughs) no apostrophe mainly for the love of god okay send them (gasps) send them off great bastille song are you done recording yeah uh, yeah yeah i'm gonna stop